1: Hey, Church Planner, this is
2: Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. What? (laughs) You know, I was thinking about that today. Was that actually you or the clip? That was the clip. I was going to say, you're getting good at that. So I was thinking about that today, that if we pre-record our commercials, you know, of course, that's selling out and all. But if we do that, we totally need to have that in there. The what? Are you a non-math bastard? Use PayPal. What? Oh, good call. It I needs for- to be in there.
0: I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Game over, man. It's game over.
2: <laughs> Do not make me destroy you. I mean, you know the usuals. That's the spice spicy meatball. Your favorite. here's,
1: here's another good one that we haven't played on the show before. I don't even know if you'll know the name of the movie. What you just said is one of the most
0: insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Oh,
2: was Bill Murray. No. Really? No. I know, I know that, I know that line though.
1: That line, my friend, is one of the greatest movies of all time. Billy Madison. Is it? It is.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah, I think we have played that one.
1: No, we haven't. I just put it on today. And then Billy Uh goes, "Uh, a simple wrong would have sufficed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Everybody in the room. I've heard that one before. Oh, it's a famous movie years ago, but that is a great line.
0: Uh,
1: let's see, do I have another good one here for you? Uh, I don't remember which Billy Madison one this is.
2: You want some more of that? I didn't think so! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would have just thought that was you, because we get riled up, you know. That's that's, that's full rage mode for Pete. Crazy fool? I pity the fool goes home crying to his mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes! Oh, that's a good one. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. (laughs) We still need Nacho Libre. Do we have any of those in there? I
1: don't have any Nacho
2: Libre. Oh, I need to send you some. I have downloaded buttloads of Nacho Libre, including the famous one. Don't think I don't know craploads about the gospel, because I do.
1: Oh, is that in there? That's funny.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's
1: a great line and it's yeah.
2: so appropriate for seminarians.
1: Oh, of course. Of course it is.
2: Are,
1: are you going through the drive-thru
2: yet? I am going through the drive-thru. I, I could mute it or I could, uh, I can, we could. take, I could take this podcast through the drive-thru.
1: I think they should pay because we're going to give them some uh, props uh, here. I'm just saying you should say, oh, I should at I least don't. get a free meal.
2: Otherwise, they'll be saying, why is Pete talking so much? <laughs> it'll be like the old Folgers commercials. They'll be like, hmm, Pete never talks this much at home. <laughs> That's because Peyton's going through a McDonald's drive-thru for his kids. during this edition of the podcast.
1: Uh, Peyton's on the road, everybody. Leaving Pete high and dry yet again
2: hey you gotta make do what you gotta do with what you got hey
1: you know I what i'm ready saying? i was ready for a 9 a.m interview that you decided to cancel <laughs> last minute i canceled it i canceled it did you cancel it for why i think you canceled it <laughs> yes,
2: <I did>. <laughs> 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 okay here goes you ready i'm going in They're not talking to me yet. All right, guys. Hey, Church Planner Podcast. Got to keep it classy, right? Got to order your fast food. So if you think this is a sign that we do not respect you as a listening audience, you're right. (laughs) Don't make me destroy you. Yeah, how you doing? Can I have two cheeseburger Happy Meals? And can I also have a filet of fish? And you guys know what I like to eat. Yeah. And then what would you like for the, uh, the apple slices to go here? Or should get Let's do the apple slices. Both good? That makes mom happy. And <laughs> then <laughs> um, Let's get a soft drink. Um, Let's get orange soda for both of those. Oh, yeah. We don't have. Orange ice as long as it has red dye number five in it. Okay. As long as it has red dye number five in it. We're good. Yeah, we good. Like yep, that's good. That's it? Thank you. What'd you think of that? Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. That's all I do.
1: That's all I got to say about
2: that one. Absolutely. So Play before, fish, man. before you're just we lose, it. before we lose our it's, other listener, it's like, before, it's like the sandwich that no one
1: eats. Before we lose our other listener, why don't you tell them what today's topic is?
2: Today's topic is how to share the gospel the right way.
1: That's an interesting topic. I actually yeah. kind of want to jump in on that one
2: yeah and it's it's in it's in the context of church planning in particular but we'll talk about it a little bit personally too i dig
1: it man i dig it well uh hey let me ask you something since you're going through the drive through um how do they accept payment do they use paypal
2: you know although paypal may be a cheap and easy online giving source um did I get that wrong again? Yeah, I but... No, although uh no, Pete, because PayPal is not a cheap and easy online giving source. <laughs> <laughs> did I did I kind of rescue it?
1: I don't even know where to go with that one, man.
2: I don't even know where to go. But no, as a matter of fact, they did not take PayPal as payment. I've never tried though.
1: They don't actually. That is correct. Yeah.
2: Be like, hey, it's uh, kind of it's kind email? of like I'm going to send some money to your email from my email. It's kind
1: cool. of like your church plant. You don't take PayPal.
2: No, my church doesn't take PayPal. We're what a is, respectable business, just like McDonald's, man? What does your church about? take? We take what all my churches take. We take. Which one are we on again? Is this Simplified Church or the other one?
1: Is this McMogive? We, <laughs> we take,
2: we take m- McMogive, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a special toy inside every single order. This is wrong, huh? Do Dude, we have to start over. We have to hurry up and go get <laughs> McMogive. We have to get McMogive.com. MoGiv.com forward slash church, not make church. And we have to also pray they do not listen to this commercial. Oh
1: my gosh. You really butchered it.
2: I did. Hey, it's not easy to do a podcast with kids in the backseat, going through McDonald's, trying to order your food, and then trying to do a MoGiv.com commercial. Okay. Well, that's MoGiv.com forward slash church commercial. <laughs>
1: Well, before we get into the meat and potatoes, since we've done the MoGive commercial, uh, anything new happen to you this week that you feel like sharing with the rest of us?
2: Well, yes. A um, couple of things. Number one, I did a train the trainer uh, with Mac Lake and Charles Campbell. Give him a shout out. He's my evil twin in the Midwest. We did a really cool uh, church planner training this week. Did and we um, interview
1: Charles Campbell on um, Hardcore?
2: We have not. No, we have not. But he listens to it.
1: Who was the guy that we interviewed that I was at one place and the two of you were using a laptop and sharing the earbuds and like neither one of you could turn to look at each other or you would literally be kissing.
2: That was Sam Dula.
1: That's right.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was Sam Dula. I was way out of that guy's league. He knows it too. (laughs) I would never let him kiss me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. but, But here's the deal, right? Here's the deal. Um, so this, this week, you know, I did this training and I worked some really late hours. So I told Andrea, Hey, I will take Friday morning, uh, off to spend with you and, um, I'll go to some of the kids things. So I didn't really get to see the kids. So Eden had this, this jumpy, I don't know what it's called. Andrea calls it jumpy jumps. I don't think that's the real name of it. I think it has like a proper name. Like it's like, you know, the bouncing and tumbling center of, of, of San Diego or something like that. And uh anyway, so we went to Jumpy Jumps. And and as we went there, what ended up happening was um it, it, in the middle of this, so m- my daughter's running around jumping, she's screwing and uh jumping and tumbling and you know, just kinda doing all that stuff. Can you tell I'm actually getting my food? Yo, yeah. yeah, Yeah, you can totally tell.
1: I think that's so, official uh, filet.
2: Yeah. So so anyways, what happened? Was uh, we're, we're at the jumpy jumps, and this was like a phenomenon. It was so stupid. Now they're going to fight over the happy moon, the back seat. So here's what happens, right? We're there, and all of the kids suddenly, this place, this place is huge, and there's like 30 kids just jumping into foam pits, jumping on trampolines. I mean, it's, it's fun, man. I, I, I may have fallen into the, the foam pit, just saying. And uh, all of a sudden, all 30 kids run over to this one wall. You know how, like, when you're in a warehouse and stuff, they got, like, the open, uh, you know, the doors that slide up. Like, yeah, the, you yeah. know, the, the doors for trucks. Anyways, the, the, I don't know what they call them. Uh, normally, uh, accordion doors or whatever. Anyways, they're roll-top doors. And so what happened was they all run over there. And so it's, it's opened up to a back alley, and the trash truck had come. And it was like this mass pilgrimage to Mecca, man. It was like all these kids. It was like, ah. Uh, it was like their hands up in worship, tears streaming down their face. Some of them swaying back and forth. It was like the trash man had arrived and the world stopped. It was the coolest thing, man. And no one had to tell the kids, hey, kids, there's a trash truck outside. It was just the trash truck came. The kids went over and worshipped. And uh, they were just, it was like the Pied Piper, man. It was just like the Pied Piper. You can see how today that fairy tale would be a man in the trash truck. It's kind of creeping up. I made it creepy, didn't
1: I? Yeah, but that's kind of creepy that that would like do it for a kid.
2: Oh yeah, it was trash truck. I mean, did does, does your kids go nuts when the trash truck comes or do you them with the monster out there?
1: No, my kids don't go nuts when the trash truck comes. I actually don't think Jamie lets him out of the bedroom until about
2: 7.30. You're like, no. The kids actually have toys.
1: No, and, and the trash <laughs> guy comes by at 7. So they're not even out. They don't even know about it. She literally goes into, she goes into Luke's room, turns on the TV, and says, don't come out until I come get you.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. So here's the deal, right? Um, so, so true story now. Someone texted me this morning. And, uh, this, this, you guys have to try. So if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're in your car or, you know, you have the new Apple download, um, this is fun to try because someone told me that they're listening to, and I mentioned Siri and, uh, they, they, their phone freaked out while they're listening to the podcast. So just so you know, Siri, <laughs> take me to Disneyland. <laughs> Isn't that awesome?
1: This is what you got to do. Siri, when's the end of the world happening?
2: So I played a game with Siri this week, funny enough. Now, now everyone's phone's really freaking out. I know. The car. They got her on Bluetooth. They're in trouble. So here's, here's what I did this week. I'm like, Siri, I love you. Because she, she did something I like. You know, I was talking to my calendar and uh, she goes, okay, I'll schedule that for you. And I've had a crazy busy week. So I go, Siri, I love you. And she goes, I love you too, Peyton. There she goes. Um something like I'm fond of you too, Peyton. But you know that actually she calls me Ninja Warrior. You can actually make Siri call you something different. Oh yeah, mine calls so me you Jedi. Can... In fact, I'm gonna do this for all of you. Siri. Call them Peyton and Ninja Warrior from now on. But have to say call me. Anyways, so she goes, i l I'm fond of you too, Ninja Warrior, but it's not meant to be. And so I was like, oh, okay, seriously, she has like twenty responses. I love you. It's awesome. Have you ever
1: asked her to uh, where you can bury a body? (laughs) No. Have you ever asked her to talk dirty to you? (laughs) No. She goes, compost, mud, dirt.
2: (laughs) That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Hey,
2: Pete, have you ever asked Siri to talk dirty to you? No. No, What, what, what? No. I,
1: think, I think I did it one time in front of my dad because I thought it was funny, but she didn't say that line. It was something totally different. I'm not that kind of girl or something like that. And then uh, and then I was just embarrassed because I can't do that in front of my dad. Like He doesn't find any of that stuff funny.
2: You know, I got to tell the Saddleback story just because we're on this, right?
1: What was the Saddleback story? Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of other stories that we're not going to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> I um I went back and I re-listened to episode fifty because I wanted to hear what did we actually say on episode fifty. Mm-hmm. That's the one where we talked about the Principality of Sealand and how you wanted to like start a church plant there so you could reach a hundred percent of of the country <laughs> and yeah. and get a hundred percent participation from uh you know the people who live there to come to church. That was all the Sealand. I sea just
2: only totally put that on the back of my book. He won an entire country to Jesus out
1: y'all. Awesome. I'm telling you, you, know? you can do that at the Principality of Sealand. Land.
2: Yeah. What about you, man? What happened in your week before I? Because I was about to do a segue into today's topic, but it, I figured I'd let Pete talk. You know,
1: I don't know that I really got anything for today. It, the, here's the problem we're doing this in the afternoon, like late afternoon. I'm I'm usually done working by this point, so
2: I kind of got nothing. Yeah, the brain no longer works. You and I, think better in the morning. And really, the long and short of it is, I don't think either one of us is entirely responsible for anything that comes out of our mouth late afternoon.
1: Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing so, some, uh, we're doing some really cool stuff. Our uh, our church planners who are going through the consulting training are tearing it up, man. They are tearing it up. Yeah. Dan Sam's are. keeps getting more and more clients. Um, he's killing it. Uh, Ruben dude Ruben's like a little pit bull out there he's just like yeah, he I gotta do what I gotta do cause uh, he needs more time and he needs the income that consulting can bring to him and so it's fun it's fun watching these guys
2: yeah it's cool man I I think I'm pretty sure I know each one of these guys personally I don't think there's anyone in
1: there I don't actually know um, what about Dominic did you know Dominic
2: is it Dominic Dinger
1: what's the last name
2: what's his last name
1: It, like, begins with an E-N something. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Is he
2: down in Florida? No. Okay. What if I do know him? What's
1: his last name? I got to look it up. I'm going to feel bad when he listens to this episode. Sorry, Dominic. I don't remember your last name
2: off the top of my head. He comes up as Dominic in the feed. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Um, Yeah, I think I know him all. I think I know him, too. Because I'm thinking.
1: I don't think you do. I don't think you're as smart I mean, as you think you are.
2: Yeah, maybe, oh, definitely. That is definitely a true statement.
1: I'm just saying. I don't think you're as smart as you think you are.
2: That is definitely a true, true, true statement. You can put anything in there. I don't think you're as popular as you think you're. I don't think you're as tough as you think you're. Like it's always going to be true. A little dose of reality. Those are rare moments, but I'm having one right now. So,
1: so uh, okay, let's actually cool, dig into our topic, man. Let me uh, fire up Doc Brown.
2: Good stuff. Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. woo We need people cheering when that happens. Ooh, that'd be good. Or, going, or, or a sound effect that has people going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on your point of view. We can alternate it. So uh, anyways, um, yeah, so this week's topic is inspired by something that happened to me last Saturday. I went with a a pastor friend of mine at Oceanside, uh, a guy named Jared. We uh, went down to the Salsa Festival in San Clemente. So uh, San Clemente is one of those towns where if you're going to plant there, you would definitely want to have a strategy that kind of says, I'm going to go there and I'm going to become one of the locals. Uh, like you just, California towns are interesting. They might have a locals-only mentality, freely surf towns, but everybody's coming in from outside. So there's just certain things you do to become a local, and uh, it's pretty much pretend you are one. That's kind of the theory. But anyways, there's a a kind of locals phenomenon there called the Salsa Festival, and it's like a chili cook-off, except it's like a bunch of mamasitas making um, salsa, and they win awards. And it's just like a gigantic street carnival where the downtown is closed off. And so I want to talk about some groups. There were two groups doing evangelism. They are absolutely polarized in the way that they were trying to do it. So think of today's episode as a little bit of a case study. Right. Think of it as kind of like you know, what to do and what very much not to do. And uh so I wanna I wanna kinda tell the story, set you up, but uh first before we do that, I wanna I wanna just start off with something that I, I was reminded of this week. Um there's something that I did. Um, I was training uh all last year, I was training guys on Monday morning in something called church planning train station, which before I got Recruited to train for NAM. Uh, I was just going to be working locally San Diego, uh, doing some, some church planner work there. And what happened was uh, I ran this church planner train station. And one of my assignments, because I'm, my pet peeve is when you talk about ministry and you train guys to do things um, in regards to church planning, what you're really training them to do is run a fantastic Sunday service and you call that church planner training. So most of our church planner training has to do with running, running a good Sunday. And I just, I can't get behind that. Right. It's, it just, it drives me nuts because it's cart before the horse. You can have the best Sunday service. No one ever went to. Right. And pretty much the people you're going to grab, by having an excellent Sunday service are non-Christians unless you have a real strong tried and true strategy for going and getting people and bringing them in. I'm not even the go and get them and bring them in kind of guy. I think that can get you into other kinds of trouble. It, It gives you a weird mentality. So what I want to talk about is when you know that you're really in the game for reaching the lost, You don't reach the lost to get people to your church. And I just want you guys to, you know, those of you that are listening, just to think about that for a second. When you're really in it for the lost, your end game is not to get lost people saved so they go to your church. And what that looks like is it looks like this. Whether you're planting a church or not, you are concerned about the lost and you are leading lost people to Jesus. You're doing it in your personal life. Um, you're, 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 you know, it's just what happens when you get around lost people, divine opportunity. Do you feel God put me and this person in a room. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're together right now. I'm prayerfully waiting on the Holy Spirit as I'm talking to this person. And I think one of the things that has a corrupting influence on leaders is it becomes disingenuous. Because we've got a church service we want to get them to, everything changes. In other words, we're kind of like, you know, hmm, you know, like, like we go into modes of like, you know, uh, we're thinking about the gospel when we're in our community. But maybe you go somewhere else and there's no way this person's ever going to come to your church or the next city over. And you just, you stop being a Christian. You stop being a church planner. You stop being a minister. And I would I would just challenge guys to just think about that for a second and ask, are you switching it on and on on and off like a light switch? And if you're doing that, ask the Lord, you know, God, why am I doing that? And can you help me change? And so that's the first thing. So when I was doing this church planner training, when I was doing this church planner training, what what I ended up doing was I I gave the guys an assignment. And I said, hey guys, um, when you're a church planner, what you do is you, you, you know, your whole life is about leading lost people to Jesus. So here's what I want you to do: I want you to come to uh uh come back next week, and your assignment this week is to lead someone to Christ. And they all looked at me like I was nuts, and I expected this, but I chatted with them and I I said, "Whoa, whoa. Hey, you guys are looking at me funny. What's going on?" And they were like, "What? What do you mean? Like, just go out and they're kind of laughing. Like, just go out and lead someone to Jesus." And I said, "Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're wait. You, you mean you you thought the church building was the vehicle or the church service was the vehicle to do this?" And 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 they just they kind of looked at me like it was one of those aha moments. Like, really you're expecting that the church service, I give you some to throw this awesome church service. Anyways, all I have to say was to try to get them to realize you are God's secret weapon. You are what, what the, the paratroopers were in world war II to the war effort. You know, Eisenhower said the paratroopers are new inventions, our secret weapon it's before the A-bomb. So, that's what you are to your community. So it drives me nuts when we put guys through seminary and they come out the other side and they're not soul winners. And Spurgeon wrote a book on this called The Soul Winner. If you struggle with um, what we're talking about right now, pick that book up and, you know, read that. It's, it's, a, it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of like when Jesus looked at the 12. Don't feel bad, by the way, guys, because I'm not saying all this to shame you. I train guys, so I understand. In fact, I've got a book coming out that basically tells you I wasn't this guy. So I got a book coming out in 2017 called "Reaching the Unreached," and it's called "Becoming the Raider of a Lost Art." That's the subtitle. So, so what I want guys to understand is: look, um, it's okay if you're not that dude. The disciples weren't. Jesus had to say to them, "Open your eyes and look at people differently." You know, the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. So it's making that transition. But anyways, so we had one guy, he went out and I guess he felt convicted. He went out there and he had no idea what to do. So he's like, you know what? Peyton mentioned something about, you know, buying coffee for people or serving. So he just went to Starbucks. He picked up a couple Starbucks travelers and he went to a bus stop. And if you get to Starbucks travelers, they come with like creamer and stirs and cups and so he goes over there and he, um, he offers the people coffee and they go, okay, crazy guy. Is that coffee poisonous? You know, are you, are you a serial killer? Is he not, you know, it's right after Halloween. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're looking at him like, he's nuts. like, did you not poison enough kids the other night? You know, like, like, by like putting cyanide in, in chocolate bars. Are you, are, are you doing something to us now? And he just said, look guys, it's getting cold. It's right before uh, Halloween. I mean, uh, uh, it's right before the, the turn of seasons, and he was out in the Inland Empire. And so, starts talking to guys, and he goes, "Look, um, you know, hey, I'm just out here. You know, I, I, it's getting cold. I Just thought I'd give you guys some coffee. And, um, you know, if you don't, if you don't, you know, if you don't trust me, that's fine. Anyways, people started drinking the coffee. Once one person took the coffee, more people started taking the coffee. And eventually, what happened? was um he started talking with this guy, an african american guy fifty five years old. The guy sits there and he, they just start talking. the guy goes, well, you know i'm 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 a church miner a church planner. what's that well, you know i'm I'm starting a church, and oh, really, you know what I went to I went to church. I can't stand church went to church all my life. had a big conversation with him an hour later, the guy never gets on a bus. an hour later, the guy gets saved right hmm. there. So the guy comes back to this story, and everyone else in the class is like, Whoa, and so I told him I said, Hey guys, here's the deal. You guys are, are 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 saying that you expect God to work. You're trying to motivate a whole room full of people. You're trying to tell people that you know you you this is gonna be your whole life. You're out there to and yet when I asked you to go reach someone with the gospel this week, you acted like I was asking the impossible. That's the problem. You guys have to get into a mode personally. Once it becomes personal to you it will become corporate to your core team. It will become corporate to your church. And so that would be the first thing I would say today. But anyways, it was obvious to me by this experience this weekend that it had become personal to, to a church in San Clemente. What they had done was they had um, decided that they were going to reach the people at the Salsa Festival. So what they did is they, well, first off, the first, the first group of people were, um, angry people. Have you seen these guys, Pete? They go to conventions, they go to, they're outside of Disneyland. Anytime you can, you can bank on it. Anytime there's a group of people that are having fun or having a party or celebrating something, there's these guys with these big yellow and black signs. You know, the guys I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so they were there. And they were there in force, man. There's like 20 of them. They had like uh, hip speakers, like amplifiers. And they're going, repent. One guy just walked down the street going, repent,
0: repent, repent.
2: And then the guy behind him was like,
0: judgment is coming. Judgment is coming.
2: You know, and uh, it was bad. And, and I knew that they felt like they were totally rocking John the Baptist thing. You know, they're like, we're faithful, man. We're telling people the truth, and uh, and here's the thing: they were all angry. And I was walking back uh, towards the car at one point, and uh, I was gonna gonna meet uh, the family and the other family we were with in a minute. I Had to go do something with my daughter. I think I'd take her to Bouncy House. So I'm walking along. I got the stroller, and I just so happened to hit the same stride as one of these guys with the sign. And I stopped and I asked him. I said, hey, man, uh, so, like, what church are you guys from? And he goes, I don't go to church. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Um, you don't go to church, huh? So you guys are out here, like, like do you, you don't go to any church at all? No. You just do this. Okay. Um, okay, so is this, like, a club, then? No, it's not a club. Just people that do this. Okay. All right, all right. So right away, you're, like, Colt. Right. Auto, automatically. Can't find us, can't identify us, um, don't ask questions about us, cult, total cult. Then I said, uh, so how did you find me? I mean, how did you get involved in this? You know, it's like I'm asking him these one difficult questions. And he goes, we just found each other doing this together. Okay, so that was the end of that conversation. Anyways, what was interesting is I started talking to other people they started, um, that I would say, like the guys would come by and like, I'd be talking to like a vendor, like buying a, a watermelon juice or something. And, and, and the people would be like,
0: Ribbon! you
2: know, or whatever they come down with their, their loudspeaker. I remember just saying to one of the people, you know, I'm a preacher and I find that so offensive. And what I kept noticing was there would be Christians here and there are like, I don't know, you know, I'm not, and you knew that they're Christians. So they're like, well, they're out there doing. And I said, you know what? I can't fault that. But here's the deal. They're, they're actually the one thing that they're giving to people is anger. Everybody's here having a good time, just enjoying I said, now I just, I just want to think about what Jesus would do. Jesus would join in on the party, right? Like these guys are crashing the party. They're crashing it. I mean, they're coming out in full force in anger, and they're they're just they're just crashing this thing. And I go, and the funny thing is, Jesus never crashed parties. Jesus always made the party better. Whether it was the wedding of Cana and Galilee or he's sitting there at Matthew's. Matthew throws Jesus party, invites prostitutes to it. Jesus doesn't stand there yelling, repent for two hours, right? He converses with people. He has conversations with people. If, if you really want to be effective, you get involved and you converse with people and you become a part of the party. So all this to say now, I know I'm going on a long time, Pete, and, and I'm sorry because you got to talk in a minute here, brother. But here's the thing. I just want to contrast. So meanwhile, all this is happening. There's this huge booth set up. And, you know, what's really bad is I can't remember the name of it. It was from the Presbyterian Church in uh, St. Clemente. And it was, um, I think it was like First Presbyterian Church. I I might be wrong. It might be Grace Presbyterian. Anyways, it was something about, you know, um, something about grace, like grace happens or something like that. It was hashtag something to do with grace. And they had these old cards. And anyways, the first thing they did was they had a bunch of roses, yellow roses. And they're handing, I don't know what yellow roses stand for, but they were handing them out and giving people a card. I asked one of the people, I said, hey, what's this, what's this for? And they go, no, I wouldn't have mind. They give me a free rose to give to my wife. It really blessed her. Um, they could have said anything to me because they just gave me a free rose. So, so going back to the principal, when I taught train station, I taught the guys, when you serve people, you earn the right to tell them your beliefs. You earn the right to talk to them. If you want to reach a city, you serve a city. So these guys are handing out yellow roses. And, and that wasn't all they were doing. So later on, when I'm at the jumpy castle, after I've had the conversation with the guy. I go up to a booth uh, to pay for the tickets for the jumpies. And what happens is it's, I, I, take, I tell the lady I want five, $5 worth of tickets. Literally some lady comes up right then like a drive-by slaps down $5, puts a card on the table and goes, this is on us. And walks away. And I go, what just happened? And the lady goes, you're handled. And I go, what? And she goes, yeah, she goes, isn't that amazing. She goes, they've been doing this stuff all day. They're going around all day, just paying people's tickets, buying people's food. And so, anyways, earlier when I asked the guy, what are you guys about? And he goes, it's uh, whatever it was hashtag grace.com or whatever. Um, he goes, just check us out on the website. Anyways, you go to the website, there is a full on gospel message on this website. And it was, and I was like, you know what? That's it. You didn't have to crash the party. You demonstrated grace in action. If, there's, if I'm a non believer and someone just suddenly comes and pays for me, that is a picture of Jesus paying for our sin on the cross, unasked, unbidden, undeserved. And they were, what they were doing is they were literally embodying the gospel at this place, causing people to be curious, giving them this card and saying, check it out. I was just saying, guys, that was powerful to me, really, really powerful to me. And it was a lot more effective. You know what most people did? who I'm not convinced everybody who was there who laughed at the guys with the signs would have laughed at the gospel. They may have, and that's cool, and that's fine. But everybody laughed at them or shook their head in annoyance, including me. That's the end of my <laughs> Could you, like, shut up and give us the money? Absolutely. Well, Pete, let me ask you. Are you a math pastor? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> no that's so what's your uh what's your take on that that's quite a mouthful there but i just want to demonstrate those two stories man just to show that it was obvious to me that the one group of people they knew how to reach their own city wherever these busload of kooky crazies were that busted man they didn't have the foggiest clue
1: mm. yeah no i mean it's it's cool it's cool i mean i <laughs> I totally get it, you know. Um, it's kind of like, well, this is a bad example, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's the way we roll. It. I. I had this conversation with someone. It was either this week or last week via email. I, I don't know if you get these, but I get them all the time on my LinkedIn, where like people start vomiting their stuff that they're trying to sell me. <laughs> Like I don't know who they are. I don't. I've never met them. Maybe we're LinkedIn friends because it's LinkedIn and you say yes to everyone. I mean, it's like whatever, right? And uh, same thing happens on Facebook, right? And this guy was like vomiting. Hey, man, and and we're connected with TEDx and Wow, if this is exciting to you as it is to me, blah blah blah. And so I just I message him back. I go, man, that's funny. As connected you are with TEDx and. You don't even know how to approach the cold market. And it was like, because this is ridiculous. And this other gal reached out to me like a couple days later. And she reached out to me on LinkedIn. And the way she reached out to me is Hey, um, I just wanted to see if your calendar is full for all your speaking engagements. Is there anyone I can introduce you to or any way I can help you get more speaking engagements? And that was it. Like she came out trying to deliver value. Before she was asking for anything. Whereas the other wow. guy is like, Hey, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. We're the greatest thing in the world. Look, everyone loves us. And I was like, it's night and day. She gets a response from me. You get my backhand. Right. Cause she's right. like, literally just, is there anybody I can introduce you to anyway? I can help you fill your calendar. She doesn't like go here, go to my website. She doesn't do anything. And she, yeah. she earned The response. And like we teach this to businesses all the time in marketing, like you have to give value to people before you can ask for something from them, which is the exact opposite of how everyone advertises, right? Everyone's always spitting and puking their crap all over you and wondering why you don't buy. And it's like, of course I'm not going to buy. So, I mean, to me, that totally makes sense what you're talking about with, you know, you got one group that's like, let me give you, and the other group who's like, let me yell at you and tell you what we're all about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there's a gospel parallel in the book of Acts. where in Jerusalem, right? The way that they they reached their city in Jerusalem was they fed the poor. They, um, you know, they also, Paul, if you remember later on, Paul goes collecting to all the Gentile churches for the famine relief. Um, so he can have a gift for Jerusalem to continue to minister to the Jewish community, um, that was a witness. Uh, the distribution of of food to the widows. I don't believe, nor do I believe that it says that you know they shared what they had with the poor. Um, I don't think that was exclusive to the Jerusalem church. I think that they were literally spreading out beyond. I don't think they're like, hey. Uh, if you don't have any, you know, if you're not a Christian, you don't, Hey, you don't give any of this. I don't think that's how it was because it says that they grew, uh, daily in favor with the people, right? They grew in the esteem of the people in Jerusalem and the Lord added daily to the number of those that were being saved. They actually had had such a good witness in their own community, despite people thinking, Hey, your message is freaky. You guys believe Jesus is Yahweh? You guys are kind of freaky freaks. But they couldn't argue against their life. They couldn't argue against the fact. And listen, I'm not one of these guys who says, you know, witness, 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 and if necessary, speak. It is always necessary to speak. It is necessary to preach the gospel. And preaching is always under attack. People are always going to tell you, oh, you know, we don't need people. We don't need preaching, blah, blah, blah that's a bunch of bull crap because preaching has always been the chief means by which God brings people to Jesus. It is the chief, no matter what, even if you say, Oh, it's friendship evangelism. Preaching can be one-to-one. It just means proclaiming who Jesus is and what he's done. It, it, it doesn't matter if it's to a crowd or, or, or one-to-one, but it is always necessary to speak. So we're not saying become a social worker for Jesus. We're not saying, but what I'm saying is, you can tell the two of those that are going to be effective. And I felt like by going to that and putting grace there, one, embody the law and judgment. And there is a time to preach judgment. Make no mistake. There's a time, you know, it's kind of like Walter Martin said that his old mentor used to tell him, if they won't accept Jesus, leave him with Moses, right? Mm. If people don't accept grace, if they don't accept the gospel, you want conviction to be there so the Lord can continue to work on it, right? You can talk to him about judgment. The Bible says that that Paul, when he was before Agrippa, reasoned with him concerning uh, judgment, righteousness, and self-control. And it says that when he was done preaching, Agrippa was trembling and said, you know, uh, I would hear you more on this matter um, for you almost, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Um, and, and, and Agrippa, you know, Agrippa was there. He was, he was on the border. Paul was leaving him with some, some stuff to think about it was life or death. I don't mind that, but I think when you're just running up the road with a big obnoxious sign saying, repent, the word people don't even use as kind of a joke word now. Um, You're just not being sensitive to people. When you come in crashing the party, you're just not being, why would I want to listen to any, hey, why would I want to listen to anything you have to say? What what struck me was how much like Islam their message was, this angry, vindictive, it, it, it wasn't the gospel. It wasn't Jesus. You read the gospels and Jesus says some harsh words, particularly to the self-righteous and the Pharisees. The harshest words he has to say are to the type of people that we saw walking the streets with those big signs, right? To the people who, who were just, you know, living their lives, you know, unaware of, of their need, he was meeting with them. He was having divine encounters with them. They weren't searching for God. He was finding them. He was loving on them. He was giving them hope. He was revealing himself to them. Holy night and day, different approach. And I think that's the approach that we have to have. Like I said, I don't mind giving people judgment. I don't mind giving people the balanced gospel, but I think what they were giving that day was a very unbalanced gospel. In fact, it was no gospel at all. Mm. It was pure bad news. That was all that they were preaching was bad news. Every scripture they used on their banner was it's appointed to man to die once. And then after the judge, after that, the judgment, You might think that's rock and roll to like tell people like it is, but there was no hope in that. There was no good news in that. There was no Jesus in that. There's nothing in that that helps me. And all you're doing is walking up and down the road, yelling, repent, not even telling me about Jesus. And I just think that again, because I kept bumping into Christians who were like, well, you know, at least I was like, man, are we that far gone? Or we don't even know what the gospel is anymore. We don't even recognize it when someone's wrecking it and screwing it up for the rest of us. And that's how I feel. I see those guys. I'm like, you're just screwing it up for the rest of us, man. Hmm. You know,
1: I dig it, man. I dig it. I'm, I'm just soaking it all in. I'm soaking it all in. If we had more time, I'd, I'd get into some of, uh, some of my experiences this week that tie in with this, but we don't. So we're not going to, we'll do a part two.
2: Yep. Well, Hey, you know, I know, I know I'm a bit ranty today, but it did bother me and I am a little bit jealous for people's souls. I got to admit, you know, I am an evangelist at heart. Um, sure. I'm apostolic, but, but a big part of me is an evangelist. And so let me say this too. Um, so I, I, get a little, I get a little punchy. One of my favorite people on the planet, I saw him a little while ago in Wales is an absolute wild man on the streets with the gospel. I'm not against street preaching at all. Um, my, uh, I have a theory about street preaching, because my wife and I, we're processing it. My wife's like, well, you know, you got Alex. And Alex is this ex-alcoholic, tatted up one side down the next, one of the toughest men alive that I know. Um, just really, he, he's a guy that'll sometimes tell people, hey, if you want to come fight me, come over here and fight me. If you kick my butt, I won't preach here ever again. But if I kick your butt, you gotta listen to the gospel. Right? You gotta listen to my my whole sermon here. And he's a black belt, so it's kind of unfair. But uh but Alex is a wild man and he was a part of our church plant and pillar and uh people know know what to do with him. He he got he almost got checked out of seminary a week before he graduated. And he would walk into the into the the break room where all the seminarians were and he'd be like, Hey guys, I go hit the streets, you wanna come with me? And they'd all Just kind of look at him like dirt. And he'd be like, yep, didn't think so. All right. You guys just keep reading your books. And he would, boom, he'd he'd go tear it up. And that guy has led so many people to Christ out on the street. I'm not against street preaching. I noticed that it wasn't as effective with the middle class. Uh, Most most middle class people, 90% of them walking by are going to think he's nuts. But 10% of those people are going to believe in Christ or they're going to listen. So the people it was effective with was Muslims. It was effective with cultists. It was effective with addicts. It was effective with um, people from alternative lifestyles. Uh, it it just, most of the marginalized of society, it was effective at reaching them. And that, that really, I went out on the streets with him for a year just to really support him. But I tell you, man, it, it was an education for me because I wasn't crazy about it. I hadn't written it completely off, but I would have been like 99%, you know, oh, I really don't think it's effective today, but that was, there was that 1% and he challenged me once, you know, Hey, come on out. And so I decided to go out and I told him, I'll give you a year. I'll give you nine months. It was actually nine months. So I'll give you nine months and I'll come out with you. And I did. And, uh, it was powerful, man. Really, really powerful. And, uh, so I'm, I'm not against that, but I do think that you, you have to know what you're doing. You have to definitely preach the gospel and the good news. And, uh, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. Spurgeon has a section called On Extemporaneous Preaching in his lectures with my students. And he says every phrase ought to be like a bullet, right, that the Holy Spirit can use. Boom. And Charles Spurgeon, of course, would know he was an open-air preacher from time to time. His most famous open-air sermon was when he stood up at the Surrey Gardens Music Hall, testing out the acoustics, and shouted out, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. And there was an old guy upstairs repairing an old wooden chair, you know, because they had the wooden fold seats. And uh guy got, guy got saved right there on the spot. Pure Holy Spirit stuff. So, uh, yeah, anyways, I'll shut up. I'll stop. I ranted today. Sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> I dig it just on a side note we, I was watching a movie last night and uh, some Tom Hanks movie that I don't know was in the theater for about a half a day before they pulled it and uh, he's over in Saudi Arabia trying to sell this stuff to the king and um, he ends up uh, going on a little bit of a road trip and he goes to Mecca and I didn't know this and you, you probably didn't <laughs> know but only Muslims are allowed anywhere in the city of Mecca yeah. That's crazy. I didn't even realize yeah. that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's crazy stuff, man.
1: Who wants to have an underground church in Mecca? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. If you if you feel strangely led and called to plan a church in Mecca, let us know. We want to interview you. Before, during what we call the uh, underground church, baby, and make no mistake. That there is a church in Mecca. You think? Trust me, there will be an underground church in Mecca, which is pretty rock and roll. You think? Oh yeah, there will be. Wow, there will be. It's everywhere, man. We we get everywhere, man. We're like cockroaches. (laughs) We're like cockroaches. Get in between the cracks. (laughs) I dig it, man. All right, well, hey. Guys, thanks for listening today. I know we got a commercial, we got to bust out for out of here. But, well, uh,
1: let me just ask you real quick. I know it's almost uh, time for us to go, but uh, you know, after everything you've shared, you don't really strike me as a math pastor. Would that be an nope. accurate statement? Yeah, no,
2: can't do math. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely can't, can't count the math sticks. Yeah. So, how good. do you take care of
1: all the payroll, the insurance, the web design? Basically, how do you take care of everything? That a pastor has to have his hand on when you're not a math
2: pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked, Charlie Babbitt. Here's the deal I actually use simplifiedchurch.com. Simplifiedchurch.com simplifies all my, what do you call it, accounting and uh, bookkeeping needs, Pete. And they keep you out of jail with the IRS. <laughs> they sure do, Pete. I, I should have said, uh, they sure do, Pete. That would have <laughs> been a much better commercial.
1: You should have said, I almost went to jail and then I got simplified <laughs> church. And now okay, so when we
2: pre-record our commercials, that has to be the one. Hey, I almost went to jail because I'm <laughs> such a knucklehead.
1: I love it, man. I love it. Well, hey, man, I appreciate uh, your time, and uh, why don't you you sign us out?
2: Yeah, you appreciate my rant? I really didn't let you talk today, brother. That's all, all right. I was actually listening
1: that. because of something that happened this week, man. I'll tell you about it later when we got some time
2: the podcast was a lot better in my head if that counts for anything (laughs) before today it was a lot better in my head so hey guys this has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you that if you want to reach the ones no one's reaching you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing this is Ripley last survivor of the Nostromo signing off
0: game over man It's game over